All right. Welcome to week 12 of the Bourbon Boys. And what a week 11 was. It was just amazing. We'll get into some of that uh, in a little bit. To be honest, I really I didn't watch a lot of the games. I was preoccupied uh, after watching the Gators win. Um, basically, I got really fucked up. So going over last week's results, we have Malt Liquor back in the lead at 40 and 31. He took the or he had uh, the second best record for the week at five and two. Dr. Riffick. Mr. Producer coming in at second place, 38 and 33, even though he went three and four. Larry, Larry, Larry Borkestorf, 37 and 34 in third place. He went one and six last week. And has Yours shit in my body, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's there he is. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. We'll oh, let shit. him defend himself here in a little bit. No, there's no defending one and six. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Should we should we bet money and let him win so he can you know pay for a decent internet? <laughs> one and six, Larry. Welcome back. I'm familiar with the one and six. I'm the I'm up and down like a fucking cocaine addict last few weeks. So there's that, right? Yeah, it's not the internet. It's my computer. So um, yeah. It's been a fun few last weeks, uh, obviously. Uh, Gus, uh, uh, great last week. Way to move up the charts. Yeah, so I, I finally uh, cracked 500. I'm 36 and 35, only four games out of the top spot. I went six and one last week. That was, uh, that was a miracle. And uh, bringing up the rear. Uh, yep. Looks like uh, he's not climbing. He's, he's falling. Seven yeah. games out of first place, three games out of the next out of my spot. The next spot up at 33 and 38 is cousin Bailey. He yeah, had I'm falling a, like a crackhead. Yeah, he had an unrespectable two and five last week. So before we get into uh into what we thought of the games uh in week eleven, let's see what everybody's drinking. Malt, what you got, buddy? So uh to kind of bring some humility after week 10 going one and six i uh, hoping to avoid a free fall so i'm drinking a free dive kind of owning it out of boy like it great choice great choice larry what you drinking yeah so i am drinking uh what was it uh buffalo trace for sorry i forgot uh I am drinking an accidental drink that I came across last week. Yes, I mixed something with it, not much. But uh, as a mistake, I picked up a glass that I had been drinking um, some homemade seltzer out of, and I enjoy the grapefruit flavor. And I have some packets that include dried grapefruit rind, which are excellent in seltzer water. If you haven't had it, you're missing out. You're probably a communist. Uh, but I, I had made the mistake of filling that glass up with ice and then putting bourbon in it. And, and, uh, the little rind that was left in there mixed with the bourbon. Um, I, I don't know why it works, but it works. And, uh, that is what I am drinking. I am drinking bourbon in a rind soaked glass, uh, a grapefruit rind soaked glass. And it is excellent. Nice. Nice. Expanding your horizons. I like it. I like it. 
Cuz, what you drinking, buddy? Um, no accident here. I'm drinking Michter's bourbon on the rocks. It's I haven't. I don't think I've talked much about it this year, but it's definitely my go-to. Um, big, huge fan. So, and I got some beers in the fridge. How many? How many? Fing- how many fingers? Uh, I'm at two, but I was started with three. All right, I like three. Going with the shocker. Yeah. Oh, Doctor Riffic. Well, I'm going with the minivan. That's two in the front and five in the rear. No, um. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Seven, seven fingers. <laughs> Just kidding. I have a little something. Lagunitas. Nice. Mm. And I am drinking a Long John Pilsner at a Pirate Republic brewery. They, I guess they're headquarters out of the Bahamas, but they're brewing in Lakeland now. I went into ABC Liquor over the weekend, and they had a guy there. <laughs> giving out free drinks so i decided to take one i was like ah this tastes pretty good i like pilsners so i picked up a six pack had the first one it was great just like i tasted at the sampling then i had the second one and it tasted like uh, sweaty balls so that was pretty terrible so sweaty balls sweaty balls so i had four more i'm like you know what maybe i'll maybe i'll be lucky and catch a normal tasting one and this one this one tastes as it should so uh no thank god no work for me tomorrow so maybe i'll get fucked up enough and i'll drink some bad ones and won't be able to uh distinguish the the flavors i hope to hear a cork bottle pop oh yeah yeah yeah, that's that's happening that's probably gonna happen pretty quick so you know what i may join you maybe i'll have a bourbon I like it. Well, I was thinking scotch, but I'll, fuck it. I'll do some bourbon. Let's do some bourbon. I only have bullet. That's all I have in the bar. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go. So last week's game, I think we're, we'll, we'll do like we did um, last week's episode. And uh, we'll just run down what everyone thought of the Gators game. And we'll go ahead and uh, start off with malt liquor. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so so the as I, I didn't even really watch it, I was just kind of checking Twitter um, at lunch, and uh, it's just it's like I don't know. I mean, I think maybe it's a microcosm of of where the university is going. I think maybe we just want to be like, you know, an inoffensive sort of Northwestern UVA Illinois type program where we're a top ten public university and caring about sports and oh, wanting God. to win and wanting to be good is, is just not as important as, you know, extinguishing chance that no one's ever been offended by um, developing your women's lacrosse team at the expense of the sport that every other sport lands on. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just whatever. I'm kind of apathetic about it now where it's, you know, I mean, are we going to fire Mullen? I think probably if we lose to FSU, which I think we probably will, then he's probably gone. Um, but I don't really know. I don't have any faith in the administration or the AD. So maybe stick with Mullen, give him a chance to fix it. But that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm in the uh, acceptance stage of, uh, of where we are. So, you know. Uh, there are a few players that 
I like. Most of them are on offense. I can't think of anyone on defense that honestly gives a shit. So why should I? That's kind of where I'm at. All right, cuz. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I have, I have reached a lot of the stages of grief along with, um, along with malt liquor, um, anger, depression, denial, you know, they're all, they've all been bargaining. I think I even, I think I even reached the bargaining stage, like, you know, doing a little praying that you know, never works anyway. So I don't know why I bother. I mean, uh, regarding football, sorry. I know Jesus is real and great. Anyways. Um, I, uh, last week's game I watched and I was actually doing an open house at the time and it was fairly busy. So I really couldn't watch much of it, but every once in a while there was a lull and I would catch it in the first half. And I really was honestly convinced we were going to lose an FCS school. And, you know, that isn't unprecedented. What happened to Will Muschamp on his final year at Florida. So as I recall, and so, um, I was honestly watching like, you know, just, and, and the, the funny part is the offense was humming and, you know, and that's Mullen's forte. And another thing people were going, Oh, you know, I can't believe uh, their defense is worse without Grantham. And I gotta be honest with you. I didn't expect our, no one, anyone who expected our defense to be better week one. I mean, now the, the opponent obviously matters, but the first week after, after firing the coach, there was going to be a problem there. And the funny part is, and I don't know if you, if you, you can totally attribute this to like maybe the athletes and whatnot, and they're, you know, like maybe training level, but in the second half, Florida outscored, um, uh, yes, the FCS school 35 to 10. So, I mean, like maybe they figured something out. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm putting all this thought into it. And then I go, who the fuck cares? I mean, it's like, we're, first of all, we're talking about Sanford. I'm glad they're happy they won. I'd rather have our team be like excited for winning than depressed and lost and tweeting about it. But we are playing now the equivalent of like, you know, Sanford times two this week. Can we, you know, like stop them? I mean, I think their running back, you know, has had some has has had some success, Mizzou's, but. And then Florida State beating Miami. Now there is some internal thing going on there in Miami. They just fired their AD. So obviously, you know, like that's not exactly going the way. So, so maybe there was some, maybe, you know, like there's distraction there, blah, blah, blah. But Florida State looking better. I mean, I'm super depressed about it. Uh, I'm not even at the, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, I think I've reverted back to the, to the grief, to depression or, you know, super upset stage of, uh, of, of grief. Cause, uh, but anyways, I don't know. Oh, and then I read somewhere today that there's a report out that he's not getting fired. Dan Mullen's not getting fired uh, before the end of the year, regardless of what happens. So there's that. So we get to put up with him if we lose next week. We get to put up with him against Florida State. Hey. Mm-hmm. Thanks, cuz. Larry. Yeah. Um, I don't have any profound thoughts about the structure of the university based on what happened in that game or in the last few games or in the season. Uh, I, I would say this, my, my thought about the game is I listened to parts of it on the radio. I certainly followed the score. Uh, I don't get ESPN plus, so I didn't watch it. Didn't make an effort to watch it. I would say that is reminiscent of some of the days during Matt McElwain and um, mm-hmm. Muschamp. I just, 
wasn't that interested, but during the best days of the Urban Meyer era, and um, even when Muschamp and McIlwain were doing okay, I had a tendency not to watch the one double A game as I am very much against it. Um, about the team, I, I think it's a positive we won. I'm not going to draw any conclusions about you know how bad the defense played in their first game. I don't think they're a particularly good defense. I think talent's obviously an issue. Um, other than that, I don't, I, I mean, I think those are things everybody has said. I'm, I'm more disconnected from social media than the rest of this group. So I don't really care what any of those people have to say. I don't, I think they are a fraction of Gator fans. I don't think they speak for everybody. I think there were over 70,000 people at the game, which is surprising. And I think a good sign, honestly, for the university. Um, I think I'm with malt liquor that uh, I think if Mullen loses to either Missouri or FSU, he, he is likely to be fired and probably deservedly. So um, I think if the ship is righted in those last two games, I wouldn't say that it's some dramatic, you know, arc in the history of Gator football that we're going to be good, but I think it is indicative that at least she probably didn't lose the team into a complete fucking train wreck, which I think, is what you would try to avoid. Um, you know, I get it. We we have the worst. We're not recruiting well. A lot of things going on. Um, you know, if you told me you wanted to get rid of them, I wouldn't sit here and say, you know, you're totally wrong today. Um, I still think that the fans, team, I think obviously we've, we've become more of a prestigious academic institution, but I don't think they've given up on supporting football. There's a lot of money that goes into the program and things like that. Um, so I'm not as apathetic about that, but as I've said before in our conversations that weren't necessarily part of this, um, I think everything in every college football program is completely coach driven. Um, I don't, I don't, I think a lot of the rest is fluff and I think everybody has been, I'm not saying that everybody should, when we want to have a better coach that you think you should be Nick Saban, but I think a lot of people say that and then that's what they expect or they expect the best they've ever done to literally be 95% of their seasons. And as I've said before, that's just not Gator football. And, um, you know, the more I get old and partake it maybe more moderate in my views, um, I don't think the, the arc of Gator football has been that extensive. And uh, our, our best seasons were with our best two coaches. And there were people that wanted to fire Spurrier even when he was here. So, um, I don't know. I think the expectation is to be good every year, great often, and have a national championship every 10 years. Be have a national championship caliber team every 10 years. Um, I think if your expectation is more than that and you won't put up with anything less, I think you're going to be really sad. That's that's the way I look at it. I don't, I don't, I actually, I'm starting to come around to like some of that terrible point of view. And I don't mean it's terrible. Like your the presentation was terrible. I mean, like, I don't want it to be true, but I'm, I definitely can see where you're coming from there, Larry. But the problem I have is we've got, we've got, um, we're, we're in Florida. I mean, like, that's like the top, one of the top three recruiting places we have, you know, blah, blah, blah facilities. You know, his, a recent, you know, not too very recent, but like, you know, like last 40 years of, you know, modic, modicum to extreme success. I, I, I think we've got a big enough brand, good facilities on the way, 
and you know, obviously a talent-rich state that, that it's not unreasonable to expect more, uh, you know. And I don't mean that any disrespect from what you're saying, because like I said, I totally can see where you're coming from, but I don't think it's unreasonable for us to expect 10 plus wins every single year because we should be reloading, you know. I mean, like, you know, we need that coach. And like you said, actually, it's it's coach driven. I mean, with any like, I mean, golly, I mean, I, I mean, the funny thing is, like Mullen has so many positive attributes, but apparently co- uh, recruiting is just not one of his. I just can't even fathom a, a, a coach in the modern day not prioritizing recruiting. I just it just blows my mind. That's why it was so hard for me to accept and believe. So. I mean, can you imagine, like, we, I mean, maybe we don't need like a 90% amazing this or whatever. Maybe we need, you know, more balance in our new, next head coach. Uh, someone who's willing up to give the, willing to give up the reins and so forth. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just, I just think given like, you know, the positives that I just listed, we should be able to. Yeah, no, I, I agree that it is very much coach driven. And I don't know, you know, I was a big Justin Fuente guy. So that shows you what I know about you know, coaches to hire. But I think where I would quibble is, is, and what Cuz said is, yeah, the history of the Gators is not amazing, but the state of Florida, no one was living in it until the seventies. Right. And now, you know, we're the third biggest state in the country. It's a flagship university Um, to expect perennial top 10 is not asking too much. I don't think now we can have an eight and four and Spurrier had, I think, a, and Spur, I mean, you can't expect a Spurrier. Spurrier is a generational coach and Urban Meyer was too, but I think we can, it's reasonable to, you know, expect our coaches to do better than Ron Zook did every year. Well, uh, I, I would say this, would you say Mullen his first three years, if that was the trend, with the upside being, you know, one loss, zero loss every few years, like say this is the aberration, right? I think he fits that template fairly well. I mean, obviously not recruiting. Uh, my comment on the recruiting is just this. I think recruiting's changed a lot in the last 10 years, particularly with the advent of the internet. Uh, the fact that we live in Florida is not a huge draw for us as much as anymore. Everyone's recruiting here. It's not, it's a lot easier to do that now. I think that's borne out in the numbers. Um, just, you know, I, I don't quibble with the fact that I think we should be better at it. And I would love a coach that did do better at it. But I, I think just being in Florida and demanding that it, it, and that just leading to us getting better recruits from Florida is much less of a factor than it used to be, even with an increased population. I think it's just nationwide recruiting kind of is what it is the better brand would help more than a better program and a better recruiter would probably matter more than the fact that we're here. Well, I I think it's a combination of that. I mean, you look at, we're an eight and a half point favorite against Mizzou and that's because of our national brand that has no bearing on anything. Anyone with eyes has seen on the field this year. So I I think, I don't think it's not just where we are geographically it's where the university is now compared to what it was in the 60s. What's well, this true uh, to a certain extent? I don't, I don't think it's crazy town to think that Florida could win by eight and a half, given the fact that Missouri is not a great team. I'm not suggesting that I would love to take that bet, but it's also a bet that's not nuts. It's, Mizzou's in a similar spot to us right now. And 
in my view, you know, I, I'd say we're probably a better team than them, but you know, that's, yeah, that's a coin flip. Um, I, I, I just, my view of it is just, I think if Mullen loses the last two games, he's lost the media, not for the reasons people think because he cut them off two weeks ago. And that's like, when you do that to any media member, that's like spitting in their fucking milk and they are crybabies and they can't take it. I mean, if you listen to Thomas Goldcamp, who I'm a fan of, right? And that's what Dooley used to do too. And it's just, that's why I don't buy some of this stuff. Fans, he actually made some intelligent statements about the difference between internet fans and sort of the fan base in general. And when you lose the internet fans, is that really losing the fans? And the I think it's a I think it's a real question, right? I I, I wonder how many of the and I think when you do lose the fans, it's bad, right? Um, I, I think that's a really bad thing. I, I just don't know if Mullins lost everyone yet. I think he's lost a subset of the fans, and I wonder how many people that is. I hope it's not everyone to the extent that we're going to keep him because if it's everyone, it's not good for the program in general. So going back to what you were talking about with uh, Justin Fuente, I was actually kind of on board with that. I was I was a big believer, and he he obviously didn't do what he needed to do at Virginia Tech. So I go back to you know I, in the in the heat of the moment because I was watching the game. That first half was just awful, awful. I mean, receivers were running wide open. The offense didn't look great, not as good as they should have against the FCS team, um, but. My, you know, I was, I was saying, you know, fire Mullen, fire Mullen, but, you know, thinking about it, having that cool down period, who would you replace him with? Cause I, like, I'm, I'm trying to think about like national coaches, like coaches on the national, on the national level that would actually come in and, and possibly do better. I mean, James Franklin, uh, no. he's he can recruit but he can't coach i would um, i would take a stab at a really good recruiter who's young because you need to have a recruiter right if you want to be where we are you need to have a computer and a recruiter and hope he's a good coach if he's not you bring in another good coach and he can do what meyer did with six players that's the theory if you don't have the players you're not going to get where we want to be um who that's that necessarily is true. i don't know um i mean if you told me that we were talking to Lane Kiffin about coming. I would not be upset. If you told me that we were, trying, the to other. Poach, you were trying to poach Dave Aranda, I would not be upset. Um, but, you know, again, I want to Justin. I like Justin Fuente too. So I don't know that much about it. But I, I think, you know, I, I just don't. The, the one thing that I, I read that is maybe some, give some people some hope is Notre Dame was in a similar situation with Brian Kelly in 2016. They went four and eight. I think they had a shitty that Brian Van, whatever, Gorder. They got rid of him. Kelly said he introspected and changed the way he coached. And they've been a top 10 team every year since. So, um, you know, maybe there's. That's right. It's interesting. Cousin Bailey, you you mentioned that very fact not long ago, and I wanted to quibble just a bit with what you said about academic restrictions. While Florida, while Florida does not have the restrictions of Notre Dame, we have the highest restrictions outside of Vanderbilt in the SEC. 
for sure. That's true. Right. We still have some dumb shit on there. And um, so we, you know, we okay. in recent years we have relaxed the standards for for transfers, but still our standards for transfers are really high compared to other places. So it is difficult, but it okay. is we are we are not far off from Notre Dame in our academic restrictions. We are we are we are we are at or higher than Michigan. That's great. I, I mean, that's great. That's terrible, but that's good to know. Thank you very much. Well, it, it's not. It's it's not terrible in the realm of real world things. I get like the angle of the program. I still think that it's we can right. be good. Where where I get angry is the other day we lost a recruit to Stanford who was like a borderline three four star tight end, and if we can't recruit a guy like that to come to UF, right, and be the kind of those high caliber, high academic guys should definitely not be the ones getting away. Cause those are the guys you absolutely want on your team. That's yeah. And like, you know, I, I just don't, I think Mullen needs to not like, he needs to understand, okay, I'm sort of the CEO offensive coordinator. I'll try to, you know, I'll be interested in recruiting, but he needs a completely overall. Like I was reading the kid, from South Florida, who was a wide receiver and flipped, we were sending our defensive linebacker coach. And he, right. his comments were like, I would have liked to have had a better relationship with Billy Gonzalez. Yeah, that was Christian I Robinson. Was, I mean, is it just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about recruiting, but it would seem like you would want to have the coach that is going to be coaching the kid go down there. Maybe it's all split based on geography and whatnot, but, you know. But yeah, no, your, your point is, is that it is. we got to get the, if, if a kid, you know, like that, like that, that's considering Stanford, I mean, we got to get him because he ain't going to Alabama, he ain't going to FSU, he ain't going to Georgia. So keep him in, you know. Right. So if, if, if for instance, if, um, God, he's there. I've been drinking all this too much, but it's like, you know, um, who's the guy that played for the Colts um, that retired? Um, fuck, pretty blowing my mind. Hey, I went to Stanford. Andrew, Andrew Luck. That's the kind Andrew of guy Luck. we got to get. Andrew Luck, right? Like he went to Stanford and he was one of the top prospects, right? And there's one of those guys like every fucking year, and there's no way we should miss those guys, right? Those are the guys that we have to have. The, the, the other guys, like the South Florida guy you're mentioning now, I had heard some other rumors that we were pushing him away anyways because of, for some other reasons, right? Like, the, I get it, he's a four-star, but there were some reasons we didn't want him. But I don't know what to believe on all this stuff. Like, right. it's hard to believe anything about anything about what's going on right now. So I'm sort of just going to let the dust settle. And I'm with you. I think that, that, that Mullen needs to take the CEO approach. And just to bring it back to, like, what is really – you know, what, what do they used to have? Like cold, hard facts on ESPN Sports Center. Here's the cold, hard facts. Dan Mullen needs to stop drinking Bud Light Lime. And once he starts doing that, I feel like it's only up from there. Doctor, you have anything? No? Okay. A lot going on in, uh, along the border in Arizona. All right, so... Uh, Getting into the uh, slate of games, just want to let everyone know we have three games that we will not be picking. That'll be Tennessee State at Mississippi State, 
Prairie View A&M at Texas A&M and Charleston Southern at Georgia. Boy, that, that Georgia Charleston Southern game is going to be going to be fun <laughs> fun one right there. They're all noon kickoffs for a reason. All right, and without further ado, Larry, New Mexico State at Kentucky. Yeah, uh, so they're going to whatever it is, the gem of 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 the SEC, whatever the fuck the name of the stadium is. Uh, Kentucky's minus thirty six. What's that? Kroger. Kroger. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kroger. Okay, Kroger Field. Buy some groceries while you're there. So minus thirty six Kentucky here, who's now unranked. Um, as Malt Liquor mentioned, you know that they actually scored almost all of their separate and didn't do much else. Um, I think obviously against Bama, who's probably the best team leader close to it. Um, yeah, this is a lot of points for Kentucky to cover. Um, but in my mind, I feel like they're probably going to get the ground game going and just run these guys, you know, off the field. So two two games on the road in the in the SEC. Uh, that's a lot back-to-back weeks, you know, going into a hostile environment like Lexington, that's just not something somebody can handle, you know? So I'm going to reluctantly pick Kentucky to, to, to cover this number um, just because they, they're probably going to beat up on bad teams. I'm, I'm going to pretend that the game last week didn't happen, but I would never bet this game. This line is probably right where it should be. And I just don't love this team covering a lot of points, but I just, with how bad New Mexico State is, I just I don't think you can take that. Yeah, Kentucky, they were up 31 to 3 at the half and then didn't really do anything. Uh let Vanderbilt get the backdoor cover. Um New Mexico State was down. Uh they gave up 35 points in the second quarter. Uh as soon as I was like, I saw a highlight where Bama was Bama blocked a punt and ran it back for touch. I was like, okay, they're covering because they got that free touchdown. <laughs> I think that's kind of what needs to happen for Kentucky to cover. Um I think I'm I have a feeling they're gonna do that. Um so I'll take Kentucky too, but like you, Larry, I would I would not touch this with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I'm actually going to go the opposite way, and it isn't because I don't think Kentucky is, you know, far superior to Florida and everyone else. But um, and New Mexico State is terrible. I know that, but it's you know, like <clears throat> Kentucky is coming off uh, an emotional loss, and then an emo- and then a uh, not phenomenal quote unquote win against a really really terrible Vanderbilt. I mean, Florida beat the shit out of this Vanderbilt team, so. I just think there's a little too much, this little too many points for a team that's not exactly blowing everybody out of the water. So. Yeah. So uh, looking at New Mexico State's schedule, I, I don't know if ESPN has got this wrong or right. I don't know, but it says they played Hawaii twice, a home and home in the same season. That that's got to be an error, right? I'd say so. Um, so their only win is against South Carolina State. However, you look at the Bama game last week, uh, as as Malt mentioned before, I, I, this is just a huge number to 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 cover. Uh, Levis is his numbers aren't as good as the New Mexico State quarterback. 
not that that's saying anything. Um, I don't know. This may be like a <clears throat> 40 to six game or I don't know, somewhere in there. So I'll, I'll take New Mexico state. I don't think Kentucky will cover this. They'll win and they'll win big, but not this big doctor. That's all right. I'll take New Mexico state. It's too much. So we're going to leapfrog uh, Tennessee state, Mississippi state, Prairie view, blah, blah, blah. And Charleston um, to the three thirty game of the week. And Judging by the schedule, I'd say this was their only option. Um, this is there's no controversy here. Arkansas, number 25, traveling to Alabama, number two team in the country. Um, Alabama's given 20 and a half at home. Um, I was kind of, I mean, like I know what Alabama's done. They've, uh, you know, they've been they've been great all year. They struggled a little against Florida and they lost to AM, but they seem to have righted the ship. Um, you know, not well, and then and then struggled with LSU, but Arkansas did as well. If we're going to do you know similar component or opponents, um, Arkansas has the problem. Arkansas, I find, is that they've um, they've they you know since since the uh, Ole Miss game when they scored fifty one points, they scored twenty three against Auburn, who's now terrible. Arkansas blind bluff. I'm not really whatever thirty one, and then sixteen. I feel like they're uh, having a little much, much more trouble scoring and that, that against Alabama, that's not a good thing. Cause I think Alabama starting to hum. Um, 20 and a half seems like a lot, but this could either be, this could definitely be one of those games where just things get out of hand for an overmatched opponent. I think that's, what's going to happen. Uh, and so I'm going to take Alabama. So uh, I was just reviewing the Arkansas box score. It's, it really kind of got outplayed by LSU. Um, it was funny at after the Lightning game, big overtime victory. Uh, we went, we didn't, we had like a late lunch, so we didn't have dinner, so we stopped at hat tricks and watched kind of the rest of the games. They were all pretty tight, and they all broke my way, which was kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck that! But but uh, I I don't know what to think about this game. This is another toughie. I think it's kind of around it. Bama seems very up and down. Um, I kind of have a feeling, though, they're going to – This Arkansas is the kind of team that I think Bama can handle. Um, so I, I'm going to take the tide. I don't feel great about it, but uh, Arkansas kind of had got a little bit lucky to beat LSU. Uh, LSU had three turnovers, uh, outgained them. So uh, I will take Bama at home. I'll take Bama at home as well. Uh, I just – you said Bama's up and down. I'm kind of with that. But uh, I think LSU has actually played fairly better over the last yeah. few weeks. And, um, you know, their their defense especially has, has is probably what's gotten the best of all. Like their defense isn't quite the sieve it was at the beginning of the year. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going with Bama in this game. I, I just don't think the Arkansas can – this is one of those ones where, you know, I've been getting trounced by Bama at the end of the game, right. Where, you know, I could see this game being somewhat tight going into the third, mid third, fourth, and then suddenly just Bama just rips off three scores, you know, because I just don't think that Arkansas has the horses on the defensive line to deal with Bama, even though Bama is not as, you know, I would say as, as awesomely skilled along the line, they're also very big, and I just don't know that Arkansas has the, the kind of players to deal with that. So I'll take Bama minus the minus the number. 
This is a tough, tough game to pick. Arkansas, as previously stated, didn't look great last week against LSU. Uh, I thought it was a pretty impressive win against Mississippi State. Man, this is just such a big number. I think if you put 17, I would I would have no qualms about Alabama, but 20 and a half, three touchdowns, that's that's a lot. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll go Arkansas. Bama, Bama may win by 20. Shit, they may win by 28. I don't know. It's just I'll have fun watching this game for a little bit. KJ Jefferson. Um just love watching him play. Uh, although I didn't watch him last week because I was drunk. <laughs> so I was I was blackout drunk. Nice. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Gus, don't worry, you're not alone, brother. I appreciate Raise your backs. Let's go. Sweet. All right. We're getting to the uh, 4 p.m. kickoff here. Two 500 teams at five and five, if I read that correctly. Um, actually, no. Floor's not 500, are they? They are. They are. Okay. Yeah, five and five. Um, so Florida's given eight and a half going to Missouri. The over under on this is 69 and a half. Ugh, I'd bet the under. Um, man, that's just, it's a lot of points for the Gators. They looked terrible last week. Uh, again, at least in the first half of the game. On um, defense. Who did, uh, who'd Missouri play again? So much I remember. South Carolina. South yep. Carolina. All right. Man. And they won, right? They yeah. won that game. Yeah. Amazing. They won. So, you know what? I'll, fuck it. Give me Missouri in this one. I mean, if they could handle South Carolina and the Gators couldn't, you know, I mean, that, that kind of speaks volumes. So, but hopefully, hopefully the Gators blow them out. I'm looking for a blowout from the Gators. Gators offense last week was um, against a shitbag team, put up one of the highest number, highest numbers of yards in the history of school. So, I mean, the offense, it wasn't bad, right? It was as good as it should have been against a one double a team. I'm not going to draw, you know, conclusions that, you know, this is, you know, Joe Montana and, and Jerry Rice and those, those 49ers teams or something like that. Uh, but what I would say is Mizzou's defense is fucking horrible. So here's where this game stands. You walk into this game. If Florida starts getting stopped by Mizzou, you should worry a lot, right? They should not be stopped by Mizzou at all. This is the, this is potentially the worst defensive team in the sec or they're right next to Vanderbilt. And that's, that's just a, you know, that's, that's not good. Right. Uh, Mizzou on offense is not great either. Uh, You know, they're in the bottom of the pack. Right. So this this game really should be Florida minus eight, you know, minus the eight and a half. That's not crazy if Florida wasn't playing like shit and completely unpredictable on defense. Right. Problem here is they've been like that for the last six games in a row. Right. It's just been that's the trend. And they've been horrible on the road. Right. On the road. This team is shit. Right. So I think this game is going to speak volumes about where Florida goes into FSU. So, again, I, I feel like if you get a pretty clean performance here, again, that doesn't mean that I'm like, wow, this was a really great team that had a bad stretch. Absolutely not. Uh, what I would say is that's a good sign. We've, we've, we've righted the ship. Mullins getting things reorganized, right? And 
that's what he's got to do to, to, to resurrect the program, you know, to get it back where it should be. That's what a good coach does. He, he doesn't let this thing go five and seven, he goes seven and five and, you know, goes and takes a dump on the internet after he has a good season next year. Right. That's, that's, that's what you want to see from your coach. So I'm going to, I'm going to buck the trend and, and take Florida minus the eight and a half, even though I shouldn't, everything says don't do it. Right. Just like everything last week said, you know, take South Carolina over Mizzou. Uh, and I did, and I, and I did it and I fucked up. So my, my right mind says take Mizzou and I've been wrong. So I'm going to go back with the crackhead swing and take the Gators. Just on my full week, it's like, I just did a line. That's what I'm doing with my, my up and down. So I'm going to pretend like I just did a line, pretend like I just said there, that's just pretend everyone. So I'm taking the Gators. So that's baking soda you got there? Yeah, that's baking soda. Correct. Looks like cocaine. As far as, right. as, far as you know. All right. Try for that fentanyl in there. Um, yeah, so terrible on the road. Our one road victory was at USF where we had <laughs> 80% of the crowd. Um, I think, honestly, the, the play here is probably – Mizzou money line. I think it's plus 285. Um, because like Larry said, if, if Florida starts getting stopped, then I think Mizzou probably beats us by two or three scores. Um, but if uh if we can stop them, then we probably win and maybe even cover. Um I just can't lay points on a team that's shown nothing on the road. And basically the defense looks like it's quit on the team. I hope I'm wrong. Um, and maybe it was just the chaos of, you know, the coaching switch and having another week will provide some stability. That's what I certainly hope, but I just, I can't lay that number. Uh, I'll take Mizzou. So <laughs> I, 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 uh, I totally appreciate where malt liquor is coming from because that's exactly how I felt up until like, well, no, I, I mean, like the completion of the game, I just can't get over how great. And God, I know, I know it was against an FCS school. Like, I just wish this was against Vanderbilt just so I could have like, you know, marginally comparable athletes or at least. Um, <laughs> I know that was that's that's not what I mean. But, you know, uh, at least SEC talent, at least, you know, FBS talent. Um <clears throat> But but being against Sanford, it just it just makes it so difficult to understand what, where this team's going to head. Because honestly, um, you know, our our up until like our defense just completely shit the bed against South Carolina, um, and and then of course the uh, end of first half fumble return for a touchdown. Henry was actually doing all right against South Carolina, but as as uh, Larry said, like you know if if just a couple couple breaks go don't go our way. Um, it's, it's so pathetic to think that, you know, but now, and then, and then again, I mean, this Missouri team, because, you know, other Missouri teams have been fairly decent and have beaten us up there. Uh, and, you know, and with no, you know, with, with some help from ourselves, of course, but um, it's just, I just have to wonder South Carolina had a bye week and not that, not that that's a huge excuse, but they are not, cause they're not good, but they had a bye week. That was their Super Bowl. This team just struggled against South Carolina and has been struggling all year. And I just kind of, I'm going to sillyly put, put it on Florida. Just, 
just thinking possibly the defense maybe hasn't quit. I mean, the, the, I know the, the celebration in the locker room after the game that everyone saw and Mullen was criticized for, but I think it might galvanize the players. I mean, I don't think that kind of stuff hurts the locker room. Like, I don't think no. them jumping up and selling and celebrating after a win, regardless of who it was against, is a bad thing for the locker room. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Rick Stroud hates it, and I'm sure Matt Baker hates it, and everybody else thinks it's absurd and silly. Not everybody else, but some, most, a lot of people think it's absurd and silly that they would be that excited after a game, you know, against yeah, a terrible they're, opponent. They're, they're 18, 19 year old kids, Mark Stroud or Rick Stroud or whatever the fuck his name is. You know, they need to pipe down, okay? They need to pipe down and get serious. Yeah. That's what they fucking need to do. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's it, you know, like people are talking about it being embarrassing. And then I saw there's, I follow this uh, former Gator player on TikTok, and he was totally ripping those criticisms apart. He said, he said exactly what I was, I mean, hoping he was going to say that this could, this is the kind of thing that is positive for a locker room. So with that, I'm obviously going to take Florida since I was just hyping them up so much. Um, but yeah, man, a couple of mistakes. And I'm just worried about Emery, like the guy the, being able to recover from, you know, debilitating mistakes. Maybe we should but, try to run the ball. Yeah, I, I read something. So guess who the highest rated running back on pro football focus for college? I guess they do like a – Can I guess? Damian, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. You know how many times he's had more than nine carries in a game this year? Twice. Zero. Zero. Really? I was going to say. According to Matt Hayes. He's a stud. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, like I said yesterday, I feel like he needs better uh, – he deserves better teammates, but I love that guy. It, it's tough. I mean, I mean it, it, it is tough. You'll say this, though. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get the ball more than nine times. But it's not like Davis and Wright suck. Okay? Right? It's tough with those three guys. Yeah. I wouldn't mind them just strapping the you know team to Damian's back, though, and see what happens. Because he's, he's a big leader on this team, and he's been very yeah. outspoken through Absolutely. all this. Absolutely. No, he, he's, he's, not, he's not the one complaining. It's he's going to be, he's going to be one of those guys. Like I don't listen to Dooley's podcast anymore, but like where you listen to them talk about being a Gator and all those things and what it went and what it meant to them. And I feel like Damian Pierce is going to be one of those guys. Yeah. He's like Tony. Upon, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important that maybe Mullen should strap that on and make that part of his recruiting tools, because that's what Spurrier did best. And Meyer also did best is to find those players that were successful down the road that are good Gators and bring them in to help get these kids in. Right. That was yeah. a, that was a, you know, it's the old, when you come to Florida and, you know, Emmett Smith is making, you know, is making burgers. Like when Fred Taylor came, you know, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. He needs to make it big in the NFL. Not big, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, Tony's, I'm saying gonna, that Tony's already good. You know, he's a guy, although you, you wonder about him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, yeah, and obviously Pitts is going to sing my, M- Mullen's praises. Sure. Yeah, beer. Okay. He should. That guy, guy made him. It's a big deal. Who does – uh, Too big of a number. Doc, too big of a number, huh? Mm-hmm. If it was seven and a half, I would take the Gators. 
I'm, seven I'm and a half, not sorry. six. Seven and a half. I meant Jesus six Christ. and a half. Six and a half. Uh, I was Thank about God. to say like seven and a half versus eight and a half. It's like that's I, very specific. I ran, <laughs> I ran my I ran my computer sheet, borrowed it from Matt Baker. Excuse me, push my glasses up here, uh, and uh, it decided that eight and a half is too much. Seven and a half is good to go. Cool, right? It's like when it's like when there's a difference of like four and a half and five, and you're like. At least I show up yeah. every week. Oh, yeah. God. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I just love Matt. I, I, I don't show up every week. That's uh, true. Apologies. I love how I love how Baker is doing that thing. Um, you know, that like that member uh, that used to be that really popular tweet to be like, my, my three, you know, my three year old just came downstairs and said, why is Donald Trump so ang- you know mean all the time? But, you know, now he's doing that. Oh, my my six year old said, oh. Their defense is so wide open, well, or their offense is so wide open. It's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Rick Stroud is ridiculous. Rick Stroud has two takes. This is a team that'll never lose again. This team has so many flaws that they should never play football again. There's like two sides of the coin. Rick can never be in the middle. I I, I obviously listen every single day, but you're absolutely right. I mean, Are you guy, sure this Bucks team with Tom Brady is going to be able to come back? Is he going to be able to rally the troops? I think Tom's just reading last year's Super Bowl clippings. That's what he's oh, doing. You mean, you mean, you mean Tom, top down Tommy? Check yeah, down Tommy? Well, yeah, I mean, that his performance in that singular game is going to be definitional. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that, that defines him as a human being. Listen. Well, the more important thing is he didn't answer all their questions fully. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, fucking, Tom, they were Tom, earlier. Tom, Tom. <laughs> You've won more Super Bowls in the history of anybody. I've got important questions to ask about this fucking game that was weird against Washington. Like when the ball was bouncing all over the place in the first first quarter and we didn't know where it was going to go and it always went in their hands. How do you explain that in light of your seven Super Bowls, dude? I mean, can you explain it? Was that not practice this week? Were you not taking shit seriously? His answer should Uh, be a fucking bird and to have the guy kicked out of the media room. He got hit on the he got hit on the first drive according to Stroud, and this was not unconfirmed, not, excuse me, not not confirmed by Arians, so therefore it's truth that... Uh, yeah, Tommy, I actually think Tommy, there's a, there's something to that. I, I don't blame, like, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, no, I don't blame. They were, they were, I agree, I listen, yeah, the I listened to most like of the shit. game on the radio, and uh, Moore was bringing it up a lot too, right? And I don't think Rick, I don't think Rick Moore, or Dave Moore and, 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 and Rick Stroud have a lot of conversations. No, no, no. I, I, I totally see it happening. I just am saying, like, you know, I was just, yeah. I'm Rick just glad acted Bay, like he predicted it. I don't know. Bay is the not whole, out for the whole Rick Stroud's a fucking old curmudgeon, man. Like, he, he yawns and shit on the goddamn podcast. He complains about having to travel and late games and yep. he's totally, like, just, yeah, he's just the, fucking retire. Just he's retire. the same guy. Absolutely. He's the same guy two weeks ago was saying there's something wrong with the lightning. Yeah, yeah. the light. That's yeah. what I was about to say. You know, they the haven't lightning. they haven't lost since. Exactly. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, those first two games, you just can't toss them out. I understand it's two Stanley Cups, but they lost a couple of games to start the year. Uh, malt right. liquor. This, right. this team, this team could lose a lot of fucking games. They don't have yeah. the moxie in them. They're reading I'll their wrist you, clipping. I'll tell you what, if, if Steve Versnick had about like raised his personality about like 15%, he would be like, he could have his own, uh, I mean, and I don't mean uh, he needs, he I love needs him. He actually, no, he makes jokes and, and Stroud's too dense to understand them. I, I, I really just think you listen to this. If, I, if I the know, podcast just, was the Steve Versnick podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have to swipe I wouldn't have to swipe right. 
Okay. I don't know. I'm saying he's a, I'm saying he could be a star if he just had a little bit more of a personality. I like him a lot. I just think he's got, he's very analytical. He's swiping, right? Whatever happened to that one guy that we hated? Mr. Impressions. Oh, the guy from Bay News 9? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what was Chris, his name? Chris, Chris Torello? Oh, yeah. He hasn't been on in ages. He's, he's, in, he's inoffensive, though. He's just kind of a hokey, jokey guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I hated his Twitter account. So, I mean, I haven't looked at Twitter in forever, I, though. I, I, I have to tell you right now, uh, I don't think I'd want to get within 5,000 feet of his Twitter account. But at the same time, he just doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Like, He's just inoffensive. Whereas Matt Baker's like, well, you know, this Georgia team, I checked my spreadsheet, probably the best team ever. And I'm like, Matt, watch them play. Guarantee they're going to lose a game. It's going to happen. Right? It's in my gut. Just going to happen. Something about this Georgia team. The thing I hate about Tortorella, or Tortorella, that's not Torts, whatever. Torello. Torello. The thing I hate about him was he would – his jokes are fucking awful and his impressions were awful and just Stroud thought it was the funniest shit. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Oh, that is another thing. And that is an important stuff. thing. You uh, Let me, since we're on the Rick, Rip, Rick Stroud podcast now here, spon- sponsored by, uh, you know, uh, what's something that Rick hates? Uh, sponsored Pandem- by, uh, Pandemic by barbecue Tom, sauce. Pandemic sauce. Tom Brady, by sports. Tom Brady's uh, incomplete answers. Um, the... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, his take about USF <laughs> is the is the is the could be his worst take ever, right? So, USF is going to build an on-campus stadium, right? And I think that's a very oh. good idea for a pro, for a program like that. That they're going to build a smaller stadium, something smaller than UCF did at the beginning, uh, sort of create their own audience there. And he's like, that is acceptance of not winning. I mean. Don't you just you want to go out there and compete with fucking Alabama and fucking LSU? That's your job as the USF coach. Anything less, just give up the program. And I'm like, no, no. USF, no, no, they're a mid-conference, non-power five team, and the expectation is good, not great. That is it forever. If they had a coastal Carolina season from last year. That is the exception to the rule. Well, their and, job and, is to have a good quality product that their fans like and their fans being 30,000 people. And if they have a good product that 30,000 people go see in an awesome venue, that's a win, man. Yeah, no. And especially if you want to 35 years from now, theoretically, maybe be good. You're not going to do it the way to do it is building it. Like you said, where you, you start with a small one. And then if you're really good, you can kind of like add to it. It's sort of like building blocks. It's just being like the second tenant at a pro football stadium. is stupid. Yeah. And, and that, that was one of his points. He was like, I don't understand why you would want to leave an NFL stadium. It's an NFL stadium. Like hardly anyone goes to the games now. Now no one's going to go. It's like they're putting the, 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 the stadium on campus where there are still a fuck ton of dorms and then all around that school, like any other big university, there's apartments oh, all around God. there full of yeah. students. Like if, if I were 21 years old and I lived in North Tampa or new Tampa, I really wouldn't want to drive down to the fucking middle of the city where there really isn't anything to do except for the game. 
right and then drive all the way the fuck back i'd rather roll out of bed at 10 in the morning start drinking tailgating go to the game then afterwards go back out drink some more and then hit up some of the 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 smaller bars that they have around there there's not a lot of bars around there but i'm I'm gonna say what's wrong what's wrong you guys have but yeah but i say that out of ignorance but but there there are there are bars around there um you sure. know, but and and if they build a new stadium, I'm sure more places will come in. More oh, know, absolutely, more businesses will come in to cater to those kids. Make it a community, right? It, it's it, not a it, community now. It, no. it ignores every reality to not say to do that, right? UCF UCF did that, and we, you know, you know, after they had you know scorched through you know the Florida Cup and beaten Embry Riddle, you know, four or five times in a row, they built a fan base, right? Yeah. and then they expanded their stadium which is the correct way to do it, by the way. Yeah. It's not a concession to doing anything wrong. You know, they're not the New England Patriots. They're not Alabama. They don't have that kind of a fan base. And it just ignores every reality to suggest that you should go build, you know, assume that someday 80,000 people are going to come watch you when the number of programs where that happens, you know, is, 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 is a handful, right? That's just not the modern day reality, right? You know, and it won't be because TV isn't going to change, you know, unless somebody sets off a fucking EMP, you know, this it's just not going to change anything. Right. I mean, the fact Florida is going to decrease attendance. I say to myself, wow, is that a loss? No, you're creating a better experience. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's all about experiences, you know, in, in my mind, certainly I want to watch it a 13 and 0 Gator team every year fucking rampage through the SEC with 93,000 you know, seats. It's just not a reality. You know what I mean? The experience is I want it to be a good game day experience where I don't, I'm not sitting next to, you know, Bob, the 325 pound guy, you know, with, with half his ass in my bleacher seat, you know, during an eight and four year, which is more the reality of what it's going to be. And I, I'm, I accept that, you know, and I want a better experience and I don't blame USF fans for wanting to have a better experience. I mean, does anybody give a shit that the bucks play there? And so do they there too. It's just, it's such a second level. Who cares? Yeah. Right. And, and FAU is to me is the model. Um, okay. they, built an, they built an on-campus stadium. And with that, with the stadium, they built a bunch of new dorms that are within, I don't know, a football field or less. And they sell out at least their student section, every fucking game. That's every huge. Game. That's so huge. smart. Yeah, it is. And you know, they allow alcohol on campus and all that stuff. So you're in the parking lot tailgating. Um, it's a, it's a fun experience. You know, I, I enjoyed going to games there. Um, the, the two that I went to, um, but it was, it was a good time and, and the kids really liked it, you know, so why not just, just do it. That's kind of what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> you know, at, at, at its core, I know that the internet, you know, is, is about you know scorched earth tactics and and, and nothing but the best. But in reality, a, a good game day experience where you have some cold brews and a nice place to watch the game is in reality the you know the echelon of where you're supposed to be. And, uh, for, and Rick obviously and, and, and Rick Stroud says that's just bunk and stupid and uh, and quitting and 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 maybe 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 he's just too old. That that would that would be my view of it. So. And the and the lightning are gonna suck, you know, just to compound it with that. So there's that, right? The lightning All are right. Be bad. Speak, speaking of sucking, that's what Auburn did in the second half. 
uh, <laughs> inexplicably blowing that lead. I actually thought I picked Auburn, but then remembered I was going to pick them and change my mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even really know what happened. Um, they just seemed oh, to. Uh, Will Rogers just lit them up, uh, and uh, you know they just kind of blew it. I don't know how you blow it. It was twenty-eight to three, right? Twenty-eight to three lead at home. Yep. End up losing by nine. Uh, South Carolina crashed back to earth with a loss against Mizzou. Yeah. They are a uh, getting seven and a half points uh, at home again as home dogs. Bo Nix is out. Um, but I, I still like Auburn here, maybe even more. Uh, I think this will force them to lean on their running game, which is what the Gators should have done when we played South Carolina and we didn't. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Tank Bigsby and company. Um, I think Auburn will right the ship a little bit. South Carolina is just a terrible team. Um, and Auburn's not great, but they're not bad. So I like the Tigers. Ditto. I got nothing to add to that. Yeah, I'll take Auburn. I'm the same. Um, TJ Finley, who's going to uh, – who, who I think uh, – well, who backed up for Bo Nix and kind of rescued him earlier this year is going to – I think he's going to have no problem with that. South Carolina is, is so bad. I know Malt Liquor um, suggests said it as much, but just can't say that enough about how uh, embarrassing that Florida loss was. Sorry, I just want to bring that up one more time. The worst loss in 30 years. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I'm not drunk enough because nice. I just opened another one of those beers and it, it was a bad one. Just get rid of it, man. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch here in a minute. Um, just throw it away. Oh God, that's that's bad. Uh, no, I with with Bonix without Bonix, you know, as Malt, I believe you alluded to, as well as Cuz, like T.J. Finley is a suitable replacement against the South Carolina team. Um, I think I think Auburn should stick to the run game here. You know, they have he may be the best running back in the SEC, possibly. Bigsby. Could be. I, mean, I agree. I think. I, I think so. he. I think he's gonna. I think we'll see him on Sundays playing a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. I just. There's no way. There's no way South Carolina is gonna do much against this team. Auburn will probably win by 21. So uh, give me the Plainsman, and I'm gonna go switch my drink. <clears throat> Sweep it. Uh, what I do follow quite quite frequently is South Alabama Jaguars football. Which if you're not on that train. You know, that's no, you should have said, said, speaking of acquittals, let's go. Yeah, that that's serious business, right? We're talking about a team that's beat Southern Miss, Bowling Green, Alcorn State and Georgia Southern, followed by a win over Rick Stroud's Arkansas Red Wolves. Not only two weeks ago. Right. This is a fucking juggernaut. Right. That's five fucking wins right there. Although they do coming off. They're coming off a huge loss to Appy. Excuse me, app. Don't call us Abby State. Ooh, yeah, don't offend. Right, right. As if anybody in the world was worried about what the repercussions of such a such a slip actually are. Uh, anyways, Tennessee's minus twenty eight in this game, and let me say, I did watch the Tennessee Georgia game last week, and I was feeling pretty fucking pumped up after that first. You know, probably let's not call it just the first quarter, but leaning into the late second quarter. 
Uh, and then, and then Gus, your rationale came around. This is a big play team, and Georgia sort of righted the big play ship, so to speak. And uh, Tennessee, you know, put in Joe Milton in a in a in, in basically what was an intentional effort to not cover this fucking football game and spite me. So uh, that's how I feel about that game. But what I can tell you about this is Josh Heupel is in the business of stamping out shit bags with their offense like ridiculously. They are going to murder South Alabama. They will have forty something odd points in the first half. I, I, I just the question on this number is how many how much their defense gives up. But I, I, I see I see Tennessee putting up near 60 points in this game. So this is my lock of the week. Give me Tennessee here. I just they're 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 just going to I mean, Tennessee's got skill player talent. They just flat out do. And South Alabama ain't going to be able to stop them. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you. That, the Tennessee-Georgia game, they kind of went about how I expected. I thought it'd be, you know, Tennessee would start out pretty well, which they did. And then Georgia seems – their strength really is uh, late second quarter. Uh, put up 17 points to give themselves a margin. And then, yeah, I think they just kind of wore down Tennessee a little bit. Tennessee still put up some decent numbers, through, through almost 400 yards against that defense is pretty impressive. Um so for that reason, I, I really like them covering this number as well. I don't really have much else to add. Uh is gonna really get fat on this one or fatter. Buffet bonus afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have much to say, especially after I got cut off. No, just kidding. Uh <laughs> right. I wasn't gonna say much anyway. No, this is gonna be this is gonna be a bloodbath. Give me give me the balls. I was, I was actually trying to speak to, because I was going to just basically say the exact same thing that Malt Liquor said. I mean, not the exact same thing, but uh, I had it on mute. Um, yeah. I thought Tennessee... I jump on dead some, air. <laughs> Tennessee had some heart last week, and Georgia just Georgia them. I mean, they, they seem to be doing... I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying they're the best team since 1980, but they're definitely very, very good. And um, good on them. I hate him so much. But, yeah, I think Tennessee's going to do it. Speaking of jumping, uh, Josh Heupel's going to jump all over South Alabama like a McRib. So, I'll take Tennessee. The McRib is back, by the way. Sweep it. It, And if anyone knows that, it's fucking Josh Heupel. He's got a tattoo, like, right right here. Wasn't wasn't Phil Fulmer a big McRib guy? Hmm. Run I think you definitely got suggested. I think that was a rumor. I'm not quite yeah. sure if it's actually true. I think it's, yeah. I think it's a rumor that the early Bourbon Boys uh, spread quite <laughs> often. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like speaking truth to power. You know, I feel like it's yeah. pretty close. After 126 episodes, you know, we, we, who can keep track? <laughs> well, I don't think no. that the, the podcast goes back into the Phil Fulmer era. But uh, yeah, no, this was back in the written days. Correct. Yeah. The, uh, so did, the, the, how many the of you all did you all see the CBS trivia no. question? Oh, no. the the former players that that won. Yeah, I nailed that. So I what got I got both of them, but I threw in Gene Stallings because I thought he played for Bama. Um, but no, he A&M. played in A and M. Bear Bryant. He was a bear man. Correct. All right, let's bring it well, bring it home yeah. here. 
Well, we're not we're not home. We're we're on our way. Uh, Vanderbilt. This is the last SEC only game. Vanderbilt going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored by thirty six and a half points. And judging by the way Vanderbilt's played this year, and the fact that Ole Miss has got an offense and a wonderful offensive coordinator in Lane Kiffin, I think absolutely I'm taking Ole Miss. Next. Yeah. So fuck Jimbo Fisher. I mean, that play calling display was just off the charts fucking bad. That was just epic what Jimbo Fisher does to you. Like Isaiah Spiller off left tackle, 10 yards, a chain counterplay to the right, 10 yards. Why don't we just throw three times with Zach Calzada 50 yards down the field? What the fuck was going on in that game, man? Just blowing my fucking mind, right? If anybody can fuck up wet weapons more than Jimbo Fisher, you give me a fucking call, right? That's what I want to know. Guy's got two fucking stud running backs. That guy Smith, who has been open his entire life, they're having Calzada fucking throw deep outs, deep ends. It's insane. I mean, but he's like, what? I wrote it down three weeks ago in my game script on the Excel spreadsheet as I was running practice that day, and this is what we were going to run against Ole Miss right here. This is what we were going to do. Fucking douchebag and blows the cover, right? I mean, they had that game right where they won it. It's fucking unbelievable. Ole Miss's defense sucks. I'll take Vanderbilt fucking plus the 36 and a half. Whoa. Isn't that going against your – I'm not going to take your logic? the rest of the season? Yeah, I know. It is. All right. Well, huh? I am not going to take Vanderbilt. I'm going to take Ole Miss – Ole Miss wants, uh, or the lane train, he wants to put up some numbers uh, to make that next uh, contract at LSU or Florida uh, to be a big one. So that's really all I have to say about this. 36 and a half, whatever. This is going to be, dude, it's going to be, a. this is going to be, this may be worse than Tennessee, South Alabama. Yeah, I mean, so, so Ole Miss had an impressive over 500 yards against A&M. Um, but it, it took that pick six to really cement the, the deal, which I'm not going to lie. I have a couple fist pumps when that came across. Uh, I fucking turned the television off, like within, with, within like at least 0.5 seconds. Before he crossed the goal line. Yeah. Um, so you look at Ole Miss and, and they're known for like the, the high flying offense, but they really haven't been posting a lot of big numbers. You know, they, they've done, I mean, they're not like shit, but you know, they're scoring mostly in the thirties um against like real teams but this is Vanderbilt right so um my head really thinks thinks I should take Vandy do it but uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna stick with Lane and take the Rebs I already had you penciled in be interesting to see what happens next week in that old Miss Mississippi State game it's gonna be an interesting game oh it's gonna be yeah I'm that's I mean, the Is most that Thursday well, night of, usually. Yes, it's usually it turkey night. Yeah, I'll, if I'm not asleep, I'll watch it. Too big of a number. What's that? What's that stuff in Turkey that makes people sleepy? Tryptophan. Tryptophan. Marijuana. I've been watching the uh, the the Seinfeld on Netflix. It's phenomenal, especially when it's, so when it's compared- mixed with like ten beers that day and a couple glasses yeah. of wine and. So yeah, I mean, I was like. Just, Quoting Seinfeld. Comparatively to last week, and so to the late slate, check out just 
go back and eyeball what this week is. I mean, this is just, this is a fucking awful. I mean, I, I have no interest in any of this. No. <laughs> I, got, curi- I, got- I am curious about Arkansas, Alabama. I know I picked that's Alabama. Not in the, that's not in the late slate. I said the, oh, the late slate. slate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, this, is, this is not, none of this is like, even like too bad. interesting TV. It's like, oh, of course I'd watch that. That is, you know, ramifications other than the bourbon boys right it none of this it's all it's all trash so you're not going to stay up with you're not going to stay up with me to watch uh unl monroe and lsu at nine with me i am not and 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 on that note let's discuss this great game (laughs) so you have the university formerly known as northeast louisiana now known as university of louisiana monroe Going to uh, Death Valley at nine o'clock at night. Nine o'clock fucking kickoff. LSU's given 29 points over under 57 and a half. That is a large, large spread, my friends. Uh, UL Monroe's not very good. Uh, they're not the pride of the uh, Sun Belt. They're a four and six team. But LSU, like, LSU's going to win and they'll win pretty easily. I just don't think they're going to win by 29 points. That's a that's a very very large spread. Um, I know that the that the, that the Tigers have been playing much better since uh, Ed Orgeron has been freed of his. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. His contractual obligation. Sure, contractual contractual. Obligations. I like that. Contra- that's, contractual. That's contractual. <laughs> uh, I just. Mouthful. I can't. I can't say. I don't know anything about. University of Louisiana Monroe. I just know that LSU and Max Johnson, they're not going to beat them by 29. So uh, give me the, what are the, the, the Hawks, the, the war Hawks. And, the war and, Hawks. And so I'm just going to go ahead and agree with everything you just said. This number is just a big, a bit much for my taste. And that's even knowing that they've given up over 50 points three times this year. Um, my question is falconry, a thing right? Uh, you could use a falcon in battle, right? It, it's something that we're all aware of. A war hawk. This is something I'm unfamiliar with, right? Can you train a hawk, which is not a falcon, right? To actually hurt someone? Because if you could, that's pretty fucking cool, right? So... Only if you're the beastmaster. That, but was that, a, was that a hawk? I think it was an eagle. Oh, you're right. It was an eagle. Right? Wait. So... I like Beastmaster a lot, right? I mean, the original, right? Yes, the original of Beastmaster, not Kevin Sorbonne. Right, Clark's exactly. Oh. Yes, Beastmaster into the pyramid, risk it, you know, all that shit, right? Ripped but torn, a war, yeah. like if you had like a, can you train like a red tail hawk to like be at your beck and call? You know, this is what I'm wondering. These are the things I think about at night. And if you could, that's great because hawks are a lot bigger than falcons. This is important, right? Falcons are little. Hawks are fucking big. So that would be really cool if you could. So if if any listeners want to get back to us on, you know, the ability and, you know, sort of the ramifications of training Hawks to actually do your bidding in war, it's something we're interested in. Is it, is it this beast master? That's fan art, bro. It's like the dude who fucking drew it just with a six pack. (laughs) Matt McConaughey. That is not that. That is not that. It looks like a porn. uh... Are you talking about? Are you talking about Mark Singer? 
He's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven over. Or that guy. Also yeah. in, uh, he was also in V. Remember V? Of course. I love yeah. I love V was great. Dude, he was freaking awesome, bro. V, Despite, that's the reason. Yeah, don't trust people. It could be a fucking you could be fucking a chick that's really green. She's like a lizard. Yeah. Right. You just don't even know. She Worse takes off green, like, her, bro. Yeah. Her, her her face mask, right? And she's a reptilian. Next yeah, thing you know, she's eating your parakeet. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, dude, that's my bird, or your warhawk. Maybe if if you're yeah. if you have that ability, right? John Amos, he was in that shit. Tanya Roberts. Honestly, I think like watching that as like a six year old, it's like when I knew I wasn't gay when I saw Tanya Roberts. Like I yeah. didn't know what I was seeing, but I knew I liked it. <laughs> uh, but it's, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I'm with you, and it's funny you mentioned that because. I know that I actually brought it up to my mom because she's like, I was like nagging her. Cause I guess I saw a commercial for Beastmaster and like, she went and saw it and she's like, there were some things in there with the woman, you know, that were probably inappropriate that she would admit today, but she took me there. And, you know, I still thank my mom for that because I, that image of, of Tanya Roberts is definitely emblazoned in my head. Yeah. guys, I, Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You both have said Tanya. Is that the way she pronounces it? Or is that the way you pronounce it? That's the way I pronounce it because she spells it stupidly. But I'm, I'm good with I'm good with Tanya. I'm good with Tanya Wait, or Tanya. How does doesn't Tanya? really does it she's the kind of gal that doesn't care. You know, she hold likes on, to get she likes know, to get a couple of Chardonnays under her belt. You can call her anything she wants, right? right as long as she I'm looks a, sorry I'm a little maybe drunk, but what Wait, why why are we calling her Tanya? I know Tanya. Did she Tucker, spell it T-A-N-Y-A? So that's well, I don't that, understand. I, there are people I, I say Tanya or, unless corrected. So but it I think the proper Tanya is T-O. Correct. So it is Tanya. If Tanya Tucker. How name? does Tanya Tucker spell her name? I mean she's yeah, but she's one person. I'm just one bourbon boy. But I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a cardinal rule with Tanya Tanya. That's that that would be my. View. I say Tanya I unless it's yeah, Tanya Tucker. But I, I, I don't think, think you're, I don't think the name goes back to antiquity. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I think you're you're importing a cousin Bailey rule of thumb on on something that really has no rule of thumb. That's true. That's true. That's true. So I'm just trying I, to find out what kind of bird that was. He had the. Oh. Rip Torn as the third casted character in in Beastmaster. Totally, yeah, forgot he was about he that. was the evil priest. Absolutely, guy, yeah. oh, oh, definitely. So and Tanya Mark, Roberts was uh, also in that that '70s show. Yeah, Mitch. absolutely. Yeah, and she was, of course, in yes, someone you to kill. Just brought up, yeah, View to a Kill. Awesome. I celebrate her entire catalog. Yeah, she was uh, in well, something. I, I do not celebrate View to a Kill, which. Could quite possibly be the worst Bond movie of all time. Yeah, it's on. It's on the list. But she was also in um, some episodes of Charlie's Angels. My housekeeper used to have Charlie's Angels on the TV. Oh, here we go. Yeah, she was something else. Man, oh. if there's anything more early '80s than Beastmaster, you know, give me a ring. I mean, that oh, is man. just epic, right? Was it after Conan? Is I think so. Conan well, they were right which, around which coat destroyer or barbarian, right? I guess whatever the first one was. Barbarian was first. Yeah. 
When did that come out? Beastmaster was, was Beastmaster is eighty-two. Barbarian was eighty-two. Yeah, the, so right around the similar time. Yeah, yeah. Which one was that, the? There, yeah, that was that was definitely an era like red sort of like mystical, yeah. but mystical medieval prehistoric kind of thing. I, I got to tell you, Conan is awful. There's nothing redeeming about Conan. It's not fun. Oh. You know, the chicks aren't as hot as Beastmaster. I mean, Conan is a is not even a substitute product. It's it's it sucks. Both I, I, I highly disagree. Yeah, I love I Conan the Barbarian. I, like, I, like Conan. I don't like it. I mean, it was just something about the dude not giving a fuck, man. Just fucking chopping people up with a humongous sword. There's just Oh, don't honestly like I think I I know I've seen Conan maybe once or twice, but like I've seen the Beastmaster at least 20 times. If it were on right now, I'd watch it. I'm the I'm the opposite, but of course, like yeah. But I mean, how how can you not appreciate Wilt Chamberlain? Being there's that. But 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 the Beastmaster's ability to control destroyer. I mean, the fact that he has and I'm not the fact that he has the ability to control, you know, the that black leopard, that's some serious shit, right? That's yeah, some and, and the hawk and or falcon <laughs> or eagle and yeah. the uh, the two the two marmots. The marmot, exactly. They were ferrets. They were ferrets. But, but the you have to admit, if you were gonna have a choice, the ability to have mind control over a big cat. That's pretty badass, yeah. right? It's like, oh, by the way, here comes my fucking 300-pound tiger. Like, he's just going to just fuck your shit up eternally. Like, I there's have, no way you're getting out of it. I have, was, my, was, I have mind control every Tuesday over some big pussy called Cousin Bailey. He was like, like a uh, cheat code that he has, though. He was like a... Uh, all he needed was like a crocodile, and he'd be like an armed forces. He had the Air Force. He had land. He had... Yeah. Or like an anaconda. Yeah, right. He didn't have space. Remember that uh, that cartoon character, Lumpster, down. who had like he had the eyes of the hawk and ears of the wolf, no. strength of the bear and speed of the puma. Does anyone oh, remember that he? guy? Sounds like some guy you met at Harvey's. I think it was like, inter, I think it was like an inter, intergalactic cop or something. Lone Star. Or what? Whoa, 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 what? It was a cartoon. It was a cartoon. Oh no! No. Anyone watch cartoons? Yeah, don't, don't don't all right don't. I, i'm taking i'm taking the skyhawks too oh, the skyhawks skyhawks is, Sky is uh tennessee, tennessee uh, state tennessee chat tennessee chattanooga right Warhawks. no not tennessee chattanooga tennessee tennessee martin or yeah martin or state tennessee martin skyhawks it's the hawk with the goggles right it's a yeah, hawk yeah. that needs goggles and he also has the uh scarf he has a scarf. Scarf is important. It's chilly up at altitude. Well, you also, it's not only are you used to flying and you have biological abilities to fly, you still need goggles. That's that's how fast he goes. He needs clothes. Maybe, um, they're, pres- maybe they're prescription. It could be. It's not a good sign, though. It's like James Worthy. <laughs> <laughs> Horace so, Grant. That's who they mo- that's who they modeled the uh, the mascot after. I'm gonna take uh I think I'm gonna take LSU. 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 
and then they they're gonna sing neck a couple times. Join that lone wolf there, buddy. Excellent. Well, we have one week left next week, and uh, I I will plan on being here for that as well. I don't have any 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 obligations, and then that'll mm-hmm. do it for us. We got it'll be interesting, you know. I'm not going to gain a whole lot of ground on my liquor this week. I don't think so. Um, could come down to the wire because we have more than more than the typical amount next week. Typically, right? Got the out of conference games. Don't worry, your your <laughs> hopes and dreams uh, ride on Vanderbilt. That's the only game. So, Gus <laughs> and I are opposite on two, right? Or one, just one. What about the top one? He's strong. Yep, two. Okay. No, I got I got Florida. I'm on the other side of Florida and Vandy, so that's okay. The Vandy one makes me more nervous. Um, it, it is what it is. So there is know. a decent seven thirty. We got actually, I think Oregon is probably going to lose this game. They're at Utah. What about Ohio State, Michigan State? That's at noon. That's a good game. Is it? But, well, that's their prime time noon. Who thinks anybody from the Big Ten is good? Like I was looking at the standings, and there's a shit ton of Big Ten teams in there. And I looked at all of them, and I was like, "Man, it's it." This is why we're gonna have the six, the twelve team playoff, right? And it's gonna be a lot more fun because you look at the rankings and those outside games, man. Some of these teams that people think are good are gonna get absolutely pulled. Like, for instance. In a 12-team playoff this year, if Mississippi State ended up beating Ole Miss, they would have a chance of getting into a 12-team playoff. I would love to watch Mississippi State play Michigan State and just wipe the fucking floor with them, right, or some shit like that. It would be yeah, you know, you're right. I say it's a good game just because of the rankings, but honestly, I think I watched the Penn State-Wisconsin game, and that saturated my Big Ten appetite. I don't think I <laughs> – I, I have not watched Ohio State play one snap all year i watched, I watched the oh. end of the oregon ohio state game that's about it like the last five minutes i watched like the first quarter of michigan state michigan and michigan looked like they were doing well and i got disgusted and changed it it actually <laughs> turned out to be a pretty good game and yeah. then i watched the end conversely of the penn state illinois matchup where it went to like you know 20 overtimes and all they did was you know run one play each and I got my, you know, classic fill. The the, the that'll do you for like a couple of years. I mean, that you're just done the, for a couple. Of years. And it wasn't it wasn't even their fault, but it just like that new rule just like encapsulates what Big Ten football looks like to me. One play that's terrible, another play equally terrible. Hey, let's just walk slowly to the other side of the field. I mean, that basically just like sums up Big Ten football to me. Unless you're talking about like a high flying team like um, like Ohio State can be, but otherwise it's just like, hey, two yards clouded us. Not nothing, nothing accomplished. Let's just change sides of the field and do it again eight times. So, yeah. All right. Well, all right, dudes. I am. Uh, Time of death. I'm cashing the chips in. It's good to see you, gents. Yeah. Welcome back. Yep. Glad to be back.